Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Backcourt Boys. It is episode eight. We have a pretty fun show. Not a not a ton of NBA news, but we, we got a couple different topics to talk about. We're, of course, going to talk about the one and done rule, and then we're going to do a little mock draft of just every player in the NBA, build the perfect team based on our preferences. It should be fun. It should be fun. So let's let us let's, let's get started. Let's go over the one and done. Recently, Woj has been reported that they're very much looking into getting rid of the one and done rule. 18-year-old straight out of high school will be able to go into the NBA. So, boys, what do we think about that possibly being done? I think – when was the last time it was in effect? 2004, 2005? Yeah. Power draft? Yeah. Maybe? All right. So, Ethan, you can go first. What do you think about it? Yeah. And it's kind of funny. It's so clearly – as much as people might not want to say, it is because of Bronny, I would think, that this is why the rules kind of being, you know, facilitated, being sped up. I'm not looking, you know, a, a year earlier, Vic Webignana uh, really tickles my uh, fancy. But I think that this is something that there is no I, – I had this conversation with my friends. I don't think this affects college basketball whatsoever, in my opinion. And we can get into it, Mike. I don't know if you really follow, you know, the two, four, seven rankings really anymore. I really think this is only going to affect maybe, maybe five players coming out of high school per year. And that's the most, I think. I don't think it's going to be as bad as people might think. I think it's good, though, that these kids coming out of high school, if they are good enough, you know, just go to the NBA. There's no reason to waste a year. R.J. Barrett, there would have been no reason, as much as people might knock on him now, out of high school, he would have been a top five pick. So go get your money. NIL also helps college. So, Ben, I'll pass it to you. Let me know what you think, and then, Mike, we can get to you because I know you got some spicy takes probably on hand. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so my thoughts on this are kind of, yeah, kind of in the middle. I think, it's as you said, it's probably only going to affect, really affect some of the top, top premier players probably every couple of years or maybe, you know? Because at the end of the day, what I'm seeing is like players are already young, but I don't know if many players are ready at 18. With the NIL obviously benefiting college, players could probably make a ton of money if they're the man on a big, you know, big school campus. They could probably rake endorsement money. So, I mean, there's not too much of a rush there unless they just obviously want to get to the league and think they're ready um, basketball-wise. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't think a lot of players are just ready at that age. And maybe it'll just affect the top guys, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see it. Maybe they're just trying to rush Brownie in here, rush, rush uh, Wembenyana in here. But, I don't know. To me, it's, it's, not, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more negative. It's not only that they're not ready physically for me, it's more like mentally 18 year old, even if they are like a top 10 pick, I just don't think they're ready for like the fame and fortune of an NBA thing. You see, I think the stats, I, I was reading something before this was like in 2010. So hopefully the stats have got better. Like half of all NBA players end up like broke. Like it just at such a young age to be handed all those tools. I feel like go to college the support staff that these colleges have that kind of like get you ready for the real world help out a lot. And especially with NLI, it's not like you get an education and then you could also make 500 K a year. So for me, I'm, I'm, I definitely don't like hate it. It's, it's, it's probably going to be good in the long run in terms of these players getting to their, to the NBA quicker, but I feel like there is some downsides definitely to it. Uh, Mike. So 
going off of this year's rankings, I wouldn't say there's really any player I think that would that would come out of this recruiting class and be a high pick. Let me pull it up. I actually have I have my all right. So it's it's like uh, Derek Lively going to Duke, Derek Whitehead, Jersey made going to Duke. Uh, Nick Smith is really good. He's going to Arkansas, and then you got Kyle Flabowski. He's going to Duke as well, and mm-hmm. then just a couple other like mid like. This isn't a year I would say where, you know, a kid like a Cade Cunningham, he would have went probably like first overall. I, I get what you're saying, but like I fear I fear of like the kid that has like bad advice in his ear That's that like thing yeah. thinks he's gonna be sick, then he's like a mid first round pick, which is still great, but like doesn't That's make a, it in the NBA, goes I mean, broke. That's like obviously like Cade Cunningham, like near generational talent, he's gonna work. Yeah. My thing is more so once those agents get in someone's ear. Their their ego start like we were talking about Mikey Williams before. At a young age, when you get that ego bump, you kind of think you're like invincible. So that 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 worries me. Which I made this joke with my friends. Like Kyle Flipowski is going to be a good college player. I don't think he's going to necessarily be a transcendent NBA player. If he went into the NBA right now, I'm not sure he would be drafted. But with NIL, he can either go 57 to the Pacers or go make. 500 to 750 K at Duke built his brand up, get a year of maturity, more, you know, development, get an education. If he really wants to pursue that at Duke over than going to, you know, playing the third string big on an NBA team. So I think NIL is a big thing here where. Yeah. It, it, it'll NIL, NIL definitely deter the people he's back in mid two thousands, mid nineties. They didn't have that. Yeah. So they, they wanted to get paid quick. So now the fact that they can like, get a very high salary for one year in college is definitely more beneficial and probably will lead to, yeah, only three to five players maybe going straight out of high school to the NBA. Yeah. To me, like I view this as like, it's almost like the league's way of like having like a reclass, like a college reclassification, like high school reclassification, like Avenue here to where players that are ready players that want to, they can, they can make that leap, make that jump uh, prematurely um, for lack of a better word. But I just don't think from a basketball perspective, that's just a good thing for the development of some of these players. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't name too many players off the top of my head, but I feel like out of all the high school players in the last five years that have reclassed up, like how much has it benefited them to get there earlier? Like, I feel like they're, and and you could say, oh, they're getting to, you know, franchises faster, blah, blah, blah. But I just, for some reason, almost, I think like you're rushing it and it's almost like more pressure to, to be at that higher level faster. Although some of these teams are taking, you know, G league uh, routes for some of these guys to develop. But I almost just think like just having that like skip of a, of just a natural flow of development almost just puts that pressure and rush on players developments. And I, I just don't think it works out that well, honestly. The, the one name that sticks out to me, Ben, to your point, I'm very positive. Marvin Bagley jr. Reclassified. RJ Barrett did too, right? Wiseman yeah. didn't Wiseman. I mean, he got uh, injured. Yeah. But like, so like, yeah, I think you. I could be wrong. I think he was always twenty nineteen or whatever it is, class twenty nineteen. I know for a fact that Marvin Bagley was a freshman playing one year younger, and he still had a phenomenal year at Duke. Got drafted second overall, but you wonder if that that extra year, you know. I think I understand the reason, you know, it's if you really want to pursue, if you're really that good of a talent, like Victor Webignana, if he's that generational talent, go straight to the NBA. There's no reason for him to play for his, his pro league in France 
rather than go to the NBA, I think, for him. But yes, for the, you know, for the Bronny James, I understand that this might be appealing. There is no reason for Bronny James to go to the NBA right out of high school. He's not ready whatsoever. And there might be teams that are pressuring him to do that because they know the revenue and stuff that will come with LeBron. If LeBron is the father, which we all, you know, he's got a good head on his shoulders, we, we assume. He should be telling his son, go to college for one to two years, maybe even more. And I will play with you when you're in the league, if he's still healthy. You just hope that he doesn't make a bad decision. In it. Yeah, I, I really, not to make it a LeBron thing, but I really fear that he's going to like just toss him and like, like be like, the late, like make a team pick him like late in the second Which round. I, I hope he doesn't. And I don't think he will. I think Bronny will, I think Bronny will commit to the Ohio State University, play one to two seasons there, and then eventually play with LeBron. Because that is a sick accomplishment, playing with your dad in the NBA. It's never been done before. He just has no business being in the NBA right now whatsoever. Yeah, the point is he would average like 0.4 points a game in the G League. So he's not going to be playing with his dad in the next year or two or whatever it is. He definitely needs some development. But also like kind of my final point on this is all the players, I feel like that teams are taking big swings on in the top five picks for the most part. It's maybe an overgeneralization. But for the most part are big guys. They're tall I mean, I don't want to use Giannis as an example because he's obviously an outlier, but just these tall guys, do-it-all players that have massive, massive franchise-leading upside. Who, And with these players, if you're now going to draft them even younger, like, they're rushing, they're going from playing, like, a, you know, what, what are they playing in high school? 20, 20 games, like, all this stuff, to all of a sudden being at the pace of a professional team with all these games every single day. Like, with these dudes that are probably 6'9 and taller, like, I just don't know, like, health-wise, if that's, like, a good thing. Like, I just think it's slow. Their body isn't even fully developed. Like, I just I just like the natural progression of taking a little bit of time with some of these guys and making sure that they're going to be healthy so that they can have a 10-plus-a-year NBA career instead of just rushing them in so their body's at risk, their skill development's at risk, the pressure is way higher. I, I, I just don't know. Yeah, and especially if these guys are going to, like, the G League at first – not the best, like, facilities there at, like, the Grand Rapid, whatever team plays there. But also, like, I was thinking about, like, as a whole thing, like, G League at night is, is toast after this. <laughs> Overtime elite between NLI and now this. I guess the NBA doesn't really care. It's their own thing. They're clearly doing it. But, like, those those two leagues, those two avenues are toast. Because you can either go to college, make a ton of money now, or just go straight to the NBA. There's no point in doing the other two. It it's crazy to me thinking about when, you know, this rule was not in place or was in place, however you want to phrase it. The players that were drafted out of high school, Kevin Garnett, Dwight Howard, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, these guys were just physical specimens. They are once in a generation talent for their position. I just don't look at any of these upcoming like recruiting classes and see see a kid like that yet that that's the only thing with me i i understand that obviously nobody's going to be lebron nobody's going to be kobe but those guys looked like just men playing high school basketball i don't i don't dude dude uh i've seen this guy a couple of times looking at right at justin edwards looks like a grown man playing yeah. next year yeah. oh, <laughs> that well, dude there's, that a, dude is there's a couple kids that are just like 
fit. Like Carlos Boozer's kid is 20, 25. Yeah. He's like, a, like 15. Yeah. He's like 6, 11, 15 years old, just like doing criminal things. So maybe it will just be, you know, something we look back on in 15 years and be like, oh, that kid could have played. I just think right now, Ben, to your point, it, it's not smart for the mental, the physical, the financial for these kids to have all this money right now. Cause I don't want to bring, you know, economics and stuff into this. A lot of these kids come from backgrounds where they don't have money. So they are going to have people, you know, asking for money, doing this stuff. So if you don't have a good head on your shoulders or a good person to advise you, it just really scares me. Yeah, no, it's definitely fair. I'm looking at like the 2022 class. Yeah, we just like ass. It's it's lively white head. Yeah, I think Nick Smith's going to be the best player out of that class. He's yeah, a, but before that you had Paulo, Chet, and then yeah. into then you got DJ Justin and the other. Yeah, no, no, like not that I even keep up with high school basketball that much, but like I don't even know like most of these kids in 2022. Yeah. But uh, you guys want to move on to the draft? We draft. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, so, okay, so we're basically going to go. Ben's going first. Ethan's going second. I'm going third. Any player in the NBA, obviously, it's probably should be like top 20, 25 players based yeah. on our preference. Build your own team. Uh, we'll do it where like you don't – there's like kind of positionless, but like try to have like a center yeah. power forward. A realistic, like, ro- a realistic don't, roster. Don't crowd, don't, yeah, not like three, six, eight – or five, six, eight guys that can like technically play every position. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ben – you're on the clock. <laughs> All right. This would be this would be a sin if I went with anyone else. I am going with the Greek freak. Oh, yeah, I, thought gonna, I thought you guys were. I thought you were going to skip bottom, so that's why I wanted to go third. No, no, value. No. But uh, hi, right, Ethan. You gotta go. Right. You gotta write this down somewhere. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm crossing this out. All right. I would be an idiot to not go. Luca Doc. Wow. He's backfired bad. <laughs> I gotta think that. I'm gonna go LeBron James. I can't believe I'm taking him. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, are, you are we going uh are we going snake or not? Nah, nah, nah. We won't. Uh, All right, wow, that makes it easy for me. That's real st- well, we should do snake. That's, this isn't gonna be okay. Okay, okay we'll do snake. We'll All do right. snake. I'll go uh, Nikola Jokic next. Okay, because Ben was gonna get Jokic, and yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, fair, fair, fair. All right, let's stop the extracurriculars. Uh, Luca, I'm going to go with as my second pick. I'm gonna go. Kevin Durant. Let's go. Let's go. I got the guy who I wanted anyway. You know, you know, I know who you're going. You got two picks anyway. It doesn't matter. I feel like Embiid's got to be beating Curry's be Curry, yeah. Stephen Curry. Yeah. All right. And then back I, to I, you. I already, have, I already have a better point guard. Look at Doncic. So. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So I got Giannis Curry. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Kawhi Leonard. Oh yes, yes, yes. I'm going Joel Embiid. 
Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really want him to. I legitimately. Who is even left? I gotta look this up. <laughs> um, there's a lot. I'm yeah, there's there definitely is a lot. Like, um, like five picks in, you're like, who's left? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I feel like that is like the final of like the elite elite tier. Am I wrong? No, nah, like yeah. the no brainers. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I don't have a point guard. I'm gonna go John Morant. <laughs> No, I like that pick. I like that pick a lot. I'm a, I'm 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 a Morant guy. That's valid, Broski. And then and then I'm gonna go. Now I got I got like shooting guard and power forward left, but I guess I could move some people around. Yeah. Um, I'll go with I'll go with James Harden for my shooting guard. I know that's a little tough because he was hurt last year, but I'll stick with him. Yes. All right. Yeah, you might actually want to pull up a list, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did not come prepared. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> so we, you, you got it? 2018, yeah. I would have clapped for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. I will go with – I'm going to go – Anthony Davis. God damn it. That's exactly Sorry. what I wanted. Sorry, boss. Eh, all good. All right. Hmm. Okay, I get two here. So I can yeah. play Giannis at the five, right? Yeah, he's just going to get yeah. the five. Yeah. Giannis is a five. Come on. All right. All right. <laughs> Brolo plays with Brolo. <laughs> Oh, Brolo slander. Hopefully, Dan's not watching this. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with Jason Tatum. God. Uh. Oof. So I got a, I got a point guard. I'm gonna play Tatum Kawhi at the forwards. So I can kind of go for a small forward. I mean, a shooting guard. Yeah, sure. Whatever your heart desires. Yeah, you're playing Giannis at the five, so you can do whatever you want. I love that. I got a bold pick for my last one. I'm between two guys here. You got one pick, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going. I'm going Kyrie. Oh, I completely forgot about him. Not gonna lie, I forgot Super about good. him for good reason. Yeah. All right, <laughs> All right. I'm I'm between two picks right now. I need shooting, so do I go Trey Young at my two? I'm gonna go. Man, this lineup. Is I already got. I was thinking about getting Trey, but I already got packed punch Trey. So right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Paul George at my two. Yeah, and then for my four, <laughs> to go Zion Williamson. <laughs> With healthy, he's sick. Uh, so yeah, we we just we just finished drafting, sent each other our teams. We got all our teams right here. I'm loving my team. I'm loving it. <laughs> I can't lie, LeBron. I mean, it's gonna be tough. I think I have LeBron kind of be my on the ball ball handler. James Harden off the ball. If he's if he's back to his normal form, slashing two guard, I think that's great. John Morant says that explosive athlete. What are you Zion. Like? <laughs> Zion. <laughs> Bro, you're like you're like re- 
reading off a prompter. Harden <laughs> slashing? <laughs> yeah, back, back what else is John Morant going to be doing? He's just going to be running, running yeah. dunks the whole time? Westbrook style. And then, oh, and then Jokic in the high post. I think it's a solid team. Defensively, we do have some we do have some uh, limitations, but I overall like my team a lot. What yeah, do you guys I, think of my team? I, so I, yeah, yeah, your team, your team's made no sense there. <laughs> your team's first. I mean, nah, realist. I mean, with uh, all due respect, it's not good. Yeah. No, I, I, out of out of all of our three teams, your team's worse. Yeah, I honestly would say that uh, Ethan's maybe the best. But because you got four defenders, Lucas got size. Everyone's over six eight, six seven. I like that. Um, I just couldn't pass up on Kawhi. I think Kawhi, as I said in our small forwards debate um, last last uh, episode, two way player. I think he's sick. Tatum, two way player. Giannis, best player in the league. I don't know. I think he'll not. He won't have any or too much trouble with Joel. And Steph and Kyrie are automatic buckets. So I kind of tried to balance the best player as my center, my two uh, forwards being, you know, do-it-all players on both ends, and then my two guards just being perimeter snipers. Yeah, I just got to say, those, that the the one-two, is that, that that's a tough defensive matchup. Like, yeah. like, like, no, I meant like, actually, I meant that in a bad way. Like, like defending-wise, like, not going to be – not yeah. gonna be able to defend the opposing guards that well. You know what I'm saying yeah. that's that's like the one limitation I really like your team as a whole. But yeah, that, that that's the one gap I'd say. Yeah. But you do have a bunch of other good defenders, so yeah. Kind of yeah. As crazy as it sounds, my team I think three point shooting might be very iffy. I know KD can shoot the ball. I know Paul George is a little streaky. Luke is a little streaky. So that's kind of where I think my biggest limitation is. But I think I have. A perfect mix between size, scoring, and defense. I love Luca as a big guard can bring you know those smaller guards into the post. KD can do absolutely everything offensively. Paul George, one of the better two-way players in the league. AD, when he's healthy, we all know what he can do. He's automatic, twenty-eight, you know, eleven, couple blocks. And Joel, I love Jokic. I, I personally think Joel's the best center in the league. But that's you know you're fighting hairs there. So. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah, def- I, I was definitely shook at passing up on Joel, but it's it's perimeter perimeter guys game in the playoffs, so I took Kawhi. Yeah, but I like I like your defense, though. That's why I'm a little shook about it. Yeah, appreciate it, Mike. Yeah. Mike's just had a rough draft. What yeah, I think I think for me, mine's probably worse. Then I'd probably go Ethan number one, then Ben number two. But you guys are definitely a little bit better than mine. <laughs> Yeah, we had a rough go, but that was fun. though. that was fun. No, we're, it's, it's a we're we're scrapping for for stuff right now. It's we're gonna be plain and and simple with everybody. Wait, so where yeah. so where did Kevin Durant go? In the uh, draft, I I took him. I think second. I I took him after Luca. So Sorry. that means he went like fifth. Fifth, yeah. Okay. Wait, All right. Yeah. Just just interesting where where Katie. Yeah, he's your boy. He's your boy. We get it. Number one. Number one. Shoot small forward. We got. It. We got it. No, no. I mean, dude. I mean, he was arguably the best player in the league, and then all of a sudden gets swept in the playoffs. So I think kind of one of the major one of the major stories this season is where does KD fall in the best player in the league ranking? So that's kind of where I wanted to see where we took him. If they don't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year, I made a TikTok today. It's an embarrassment. 
Their team is open. There's too much talent on that team for them not to make it at least to the Easter Conference Finals. The, the fact that they got swept last year is just embarrassing. And I know they were injured and all this stuff was happening, but I still got to win a game. The fact that they didn't even won one game is just, oh, I, I hate Kevin Durant. And, they and, the only team I mean, in the playoffs I, that didn't win a game? I think they were the only team in the playoffs that, like, literally did not win a game. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Right. yeah, and I mean, the comeback is I think every game was within three or four points. But in a way, I'd say that's almost worse. That they're yeah, with Kevin Durant and Kyrie good. Irving. They're not, they're not able to close out games. Yeah. Like, that's even more concerning almost. Yeah. If they just sucked, that's one thing. Like, they were in every game and just blew it at the end because Steve Nash, incompetent. And Kyrie and KD just couldn't get on the same page. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I think they didn't have like a playmaker, obviously, and um, so then at the, and then like KD came out and said like, uh, "We don't need plays. We don't need motion offense with the Warriors. We just need ISO ball at the end of the day." And then when they didn't have a playmaker and Ben Simmons, and they were just shooters standing in the corner and watching KD ISO and Kyrie ISO against a good defensive team, it didn't work. So, but I, that was their failure last season to me. Um, well, I think Ben Simmons really does make a big difference if he's healthy, if he's the same Ben Simmons. So I'm not going to count him out, but with all their, uh, egos and, and, and individuals on there, it's just hard to root for him ever. So, or yeah, one they're kind of in the same bucket as the Clippers for me. They just had way too much hype before. I, I, I just have to see it before I believe it. There's always some injury, something goes wrong. So I can't, like people this year still were saying like Nets title. I think like Gary picked them to win the win it all or something. It's like, how many times do they have to show you like what they are until you just accept what they are? That's what I'd say. Classic denial. Yeah. All right. So I think we got through that segment. And do we want to finish with the wheel? Uh, Do we want to do Jets? (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. My fault. My fault. (laughs) Ethan, you want to lead? You want to lead us into this? All right, three, two, one. All right, so we are going to talk really quick on my and Mike's New York Jets. Ben, I'm not sure if you were watching. If oh, you I were, was watching. I had money on the other team. One of the greatest <laughs> uh, comebacks in football history, I would say, and I don't even want to sound like hyperbolic there. I truly think being down – 30 to 17 with no timeouts and two minutes left is Mike, I give credit to you. You were being the one optimist in our groups chat in our jets group chat. So respect to you. You were keeping us, you know, grounded. That's, I mean, that is one of the biggest wins. I think I, I have, you know, I'm going to have people saying, Oh, you know, the defense looked bad. This is, I don't give a damn, man. <laughs> I don't give a damn. I'm going to be straight, straight with everybody. They won a September road football game. That I don't give matter. a damn. They're one and one going home, facing a Bengals team. That's Owen two, desperate for a win. So that scares me a little. I wish the Bengals won and we're one and one, but the fact that we have a chance to go two and one at home, blackout, Nick Mangold ring ceremony game. Come on. Just, just chills. Yeah, dude, it's going to be awesome. And, Okay, okay, I had some technical difficulties there, but back on the Jets talk, back to what I was trying to get to. Tweet that I saw immediately after the game. From week nine of 2001 through week one of 2022, teams had lost 2,229 consecutive games when trailing by at least 13 minutes. 
in the final two minutes until today. That is like, like it literally, like I know, I know, like Ian said it's historic. Like it is factually, literally, like one of the greatest, maybe, maybe not the most important comeback in an NFL history. The Jets to avoid zero and two in week two of the twenty twenty one season, but like in know. terms of just one game, what? I don't like. I don't know. You you never know. I don't think this team is still winning a Super Bowl, but like in terms of because no. if we did if we did lose that game, say say there's no busted coverage on that Corey Davis touchdown and we lose fourteen, what was it? Yeah, wait, what was seventeen thirty? There's there's riots because the so defense objectively has been horrible yeah. out of the first two weeks. Flacco up until then was good for a backup quarterback, I guess, but he wasn't like great by any means but now there's such momentum garrett wilson is an absolute stud that's the number one takeaway me and ethan were saying on sunday like he legit has a chance maybe not justin jefferson level but like a step below that still a solid number one the separation on some of his routes are absolutely crazy and yeah the the offense finally came to life in the most important moment ever and i was kind of I think my dad told me this after, but if Nick Chubb just didn't score that touchdown and just went down at the yeah. two, and, and it's not his fault he no, had three touchdowns all. on the day. Yeah, yeah. But I think my dad was trying to frame it as like Nick Chubb, like dude, dude had three touchdowns. He put his team up thirteen with two minutes left, no timeouts. Like that's not his fault, but it's like it's kind of funny. I was like in the moment, I was kind of like, oh, like technically you shouldn't go down, but also I'm like, they're just running up the score. This Whoa. game's over. He played – they played the Texans, I think, COVID year, and it was, like, a very, very bad game. I, don't hold me to it, but it was, like, 7-3 to three Cleveland in the fourth quarter with, like, 50 seconds left. He rips off, like, a 59-yard run. Texans are out of timeouts, and he runs out of bounds. So they can, you know, kneel the ball out and just end the game. So you're never going to really, you know, make everybody happy. Ben. I, I do not like that, that take. Like, you could, yeah, say that. one, But I think players have – Contracts, incentives, touchdown totals. Oh yeah, it's not on money. Like the defense collapsed. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the Mike, you say you know obviously. Oh, if the Jets go zero and two. That 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 would have been really bad. Like the things that I was saying, you know, with you guys, with my friends from school that are Jets friends, that are Jets fans. Like. If they don't win that game, the ripple effect could be really bad. Like, they're Salah going, is on the hot Salah's seat. Salah is like on the really hot bad. seat for sure. You know, Ulbricht, the defensive coordinator, might get really like he he probably gets fired in the next couple of weeks. This bought them more time, but I think the biggest thing that people are kind of overlooking it gives them hope. Like yeah. that, those type of games never happen for the Jets. Those breaks never happen. An yeah. onside kick. When, when Corey Davis scored that touchdown, I didn't even think that they had a chance to win the game. I was like, oh, they covered six and a half. That's cool. Like, congrats to everybody that had, you know, Jets spread. Because onside kicks are so rare. Shout mm-hmm. out Braden Mann. Got his head out of the gutter from week one. Played really good punting and special teams week two. That, that onside kick, money. It's just a game that the Jets never – those type of games you see on SportsCenter, you see on Scott Van Pelt and you're like – Oh, that's cool. Like, I wish I was a fan of that team. And then to actually see that that Sunday night, um, you know, highlights being like, oh, shit, that's the team I root for. Like, that was just so awesome. So, so, so do you guys have, okay, they gave up, what, 30 points to Jacoby Brissett? Yeah. So, I mean, what, what do we think about the defense going forward? Like, I don't know. I feel like 
what's easier to make adjustments for in the NFL, offense or defense? Like, I think, uh, you know, you got Wilson coming back in, what, a couple of weeks here. Um, so you're obviously going to have some some major adjustments um, in the offense. And if the, and while that's happening, if the defense is giving up 30 points to some bums, um, are you guys super nervous going forward? Or do you find this as maybe a turning point where things will change? What do you guys think? Yeah, the thing for me, Jacoby Brissett played a decent – he was like 20, 22 of 27, but not a lot of yards. It was a lot of checkdowns, a lot of easy reads. It was the run defense. Thanks. They they got – they got tw- like the fourth quarter, the Browns got what – Fourth, third and fourth quarter, the Browns got whatever they want. First Six yards, eight yards. Yard yeah, just only on the ground. Like the Browns are like, you can't stop us on the ground, and the Jets couldn't. So I think that's going to be the number one, number one uh, problem. Hopefully, Quinn Williams can kind of solve that. But uh, yeah, that that's concerning. I don't think because I don't think they spent a lot of money and a lot of picks on the d- defense. Has Jermaine Johnson played that much? Yeah, he had. I've not. He had a sack week one. He, he did okay week two. I think he got a couple yeah. pressures, but they didn't really. You know, they drafted him first round, yes, but I don't He's think they were expecting game. him to come in and be, you know, stud edge rusher right from the get go. But yeah, but, but overall, this defense does concern me. As I as I told Ethan all spring and summer, this they were they were the worst defense in all football last year, yards and points per game allowed per game. So like, I think it's going to be at least a bottom 10 unit. We just got to hope that instead of, I think, 24 points they allowed last year per game, we get that down to, like, three touchdowns or 20 yeah. points. The, so the one thing, and I don't want to keep talking Jets too long, but to Ben's point, the defense, I, I think the main thing, they're getting killed on screens. That's coaching, I think. That's just, you know, the penalties were a little discouraging too. Um, you know, the, the kid Marcel Harris gets a personal foul for shoving a guy in the fourth quarter when it's a close game. That just – that can't happen. The the scheme, I don't know. Like, that's why I'm saying this one is so big. We're not even talking about – Robert Salas, you know, he needs to start making some adjustments on the defensive side of the ball because their linebackers are not very good. Their safety, besides Jordan Whitehead, who's even kind of looked, you know, a little subpar to start the year, who they signed in free agency has been pretty bad. But the one thing that I care about the most, the Jets have a competent NFL offense, it looks like, at least offensive players. I know week one, they kind of got screwed. They only scored three points. Garrett Wilson didn't they, play. Like, they, had th- they still had like 370 yards total offense. Yeah. They, they, killed, they shot themselves in the foot. But, like, they're, you know, Garrett Wilson, God knows the sky's the limit for that kid. Elijah Moore is somehow being underrated now. Corey Davis is a solid three. And then you got Brees Hall, Michael Carter, the two decent tight ends. So for the first time in my life, the Jets have like an offense that I don't want to gouge my eyes at while watching. Well, let's but see Wilson. I think that's going to be the biggest factor. Say that again. Uh, well, yeah, two Wilsons now. Zach Wilson coming back. I mean, yeah, I, which I think the offense is going to go like. You think it's going to get better? Yes. Yeah, I think I think Zach Wilson's definitely a better quarterback. I've told Ethan before how much of a better quarterback. I was I'm gonna really say, not. like, I mean, yeah, no, they're I both mean, not Flacco, good, but one, one, they're both up. not, they're both not very good currently, clearly. But Flacco's at least a vet who knows what to do, at least. But yeah, Wilson's Flacco's kind of the opposite, and is like yeah, kind of developing. He he's at, he's got some, you know, times where he. Is a little bit of a statue. You saw he got stripped. Yeah, no mobility. Yeah, no the, mobility. The first that's game it was really Wilson, bad. The first that's game. Why I think Wilson's going to take it to the next level. Like, yeah. So. Now you have a quarterback that that's going to feel the pressure and be able to actually run and escape rather than just stand there and 
you know, pray that he gets to go see his kids when he gets home. Yeah, it's definitely encouraging. I I still think six six and eleven is probably yeah, where oh, I, I said, land on yeah. the team. I yeah, said six and eleven in the podcast with Brian would have been what is my goal. Yeah, this I, I don't think this win competitive football. Me, yeah, I don't think this this win makes me think eight and nine, nine and eight no. sneak into the playoffs. But yes, yeah, six and eleven would be. I think anything. Five wins would be fine. Four, four and thirteen would be kind of disappointing. That's very, that's disappointing, especially after winning this on the road. Yeah, so so I think five five is Salah safe. Four. If they're two and two after this stretch, if they're two and two after this stretch with the North, I'll be very pleased. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, bright future, bright future for the Jets. It was one of the best games I've watched in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I screamed like a little girl when when yeah. It was. I was it with Greg the leg kicking. I was still like, it's called oh, that. Oh, yeah, not, oh, yeah. But he even looked good too. So everything looked looked okay for the Jets on Sunday. And they had luck on their side. You need that. Yeah. That's positive. Yep. All right. All right. Yeah, this was a great episode, boys. Great episode. See Don't yeah, forget to uh, listen on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. I know YouTube might be a little difficult for some people now that we have Apple and Spotify. So if you aren't watching on YouTube, just throw us a, a thumbs up and a view. Also leave us a five-star rating and a comment on those podcast platforms. Alrighty. All right. Peace out.